0: Welcome to the Cast Iron Theatre podcast, recorded live at the Sweet Venue's Jukebox Theatre, Brighton. <laughs> so, so, what's going to happen tonight is that we are going to be uh, talking to two lovely people. But I actually am being a bit indulgent because it's not just me on the stage tonight. So I'm going to introduce you to uh, both our co-hosts tonight, and that is Yvette May and Chelsea <laughs> Thank you. Go um, we're going to go, I don't know how the editing is going to go afterwards, but we're just going to get into it. Hello, how are you both? We're
1: good.
0: Great. Right? Uh, so you've both been on the podcast before.
2: No. Twice. Screw your mind. Um,
0: at Cast Iron Towers, we, we've enjoyed your work so much that we've been sort of trying to get you involved with as, as co-hosts. Uh, for quite a while now um, the uh, people uh, listening won't be able to see that but you just looked each other in <laughs> genuine concern uh, and how does it feel to be like a, well I guess headhunted uh, it
1: feels good <laughs> <laughs> feels, feels really
3: good yeah yeah, bad. yeah
0: it feels great yeah <laughs> my word of the evening great. Yeah, yeah 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 good good I- I'm glad that we got you on to go <laughs> it's clearly going to be very arrogant it's not like you don't know each other really because you- you're working together at the moment
4: we are yes we are. <laughs> We're working on uh, Michelle's play, Dead Cat Bounce. Yeah. Just Us. It is Just so Us. two hands, isn't
0: it? It so is. And it's, it's written, as you say, and direct, directed by Michelle Donkin. And uh, if you had your um, 20 word pitch, what would. Uh, Chelsea. Uh, if you're the main character in the play, there's two characters in the yeah. play. If you're the main character in the play, mm. what's this play about?
1: It is about a girl who um, has a has something happen to her, and it seems to give her special powers. Yeah, and it's about how she deals with that, and how uh, power can be corrupting, and also how you can't be super if you're poor. Oh,
0: okay. Um, and I uh, bet: if the play is all about you, what's the play about? <laughs>
1: It's about
4: uh, getting really excited about uh, <laughs> her mate who's just found out she's got powers and is totally amazed by this and wants to Instagram everything and get famous and make money and... And I'm not into that. Yeah.
0: No. Okay. Um, how did you... Um, I mean, uh, the answer to this question, so this might end up being a bit of a self-serving uh, question, I can't remember. Uh, how did you guys meet?
1: Well, you were in a play with Rich, who's filming it. Hey, Rich. And um, that's how we. Hi, met, And that was a well. few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's when
0: we met through yeah, cast. Uh, I, I was a bit cautious because um, obviously we, uh, our nucleus is, is uh, both quite involved with each other, and also goes out in all different directions. Mm. And so I was genuinely wanting to remind myself how you knew each other. But then yeah. I like, got halfway to the question of, well, oh, did you meet through Cast Eye? Which does sound like a horrendously self-serving... Yeah,
1: the play was called Year Without Summer, and it
0: went by Andrew <laughs> oh, OK. Then you'll leave out.
1: Yeah. I met her at the, like, after drinks.
0: yeah Because oh, obviously
4: Rich was in it. Yeah, then, yeah. You know, so um, yeah. Which, we
0: should, we should, we should
1: yeah, yeah, I
4: forgot. <laughs> I, I,
0: thought, I, I, I thought that it at least might be like a cast iron short play or something. No, no, no. We, yeah, that too. It was yeah. a slow build over yeah. the yeah. last few years, yeah. and so then you directed direct
4: me, and I directed yes.
0: you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here, here's gonna pull up a scab. Um, what do you like? I'm mean, gonna know the question. What do you like about Yvette's directing?
1: Oh, um, she doesn't let you get away with being like. Sometimes when you're doing something, like, in a scene, and maybe that particular thing makes you feel uncomfortable, like, in, as a person, and she doesn't let you, she, she makes you be able to get past that instead of just letting you get away with it, oh, okay. which is really nice. And it sounds
0: like um, she's doing that in a in a safe way, that you should
1: yes. have thought. yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think she's really good at working with different people. Like, when, the play that I was in that she directed, I had to play, like, a kid, a mum, and then an abusive dad, which... Like was quite difficult as I'm like a 27 year old girl
0: yeah. in a very you, short
1: you, amount of time. Uh, yeah, within like 15 changes. minutes. You're so a,
0: you're at best one of those things. <laughs>
1: yeah, just <laughs> so um, yeah, and you managed to like talk me through it. I didn't feel like I was shit. So that was
0: it <laughs> Yeah. So um, this could be really sort of like I'm bad if, 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 if I've got no answer. But what um, do you like about Chelsea's <laughs> direction?
1: She's like shit. shit no,
4: no, I really like. <laughs> <laughs> Rehearsing with Chelsea because she has guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she, she does have guinea pigs and, they're yes, great and they watch the rehearsal. No, the guinea pigs are dead to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, it's, I've, I always wanted to work with Chelsea. So when we did the International Women's Day thing, um, we got to choose our own monologues. But what I found really um, good working with you was like, all of the chat about the backstory and like the character exploration that I did with Chelsea really helped me you know, find layers to it that I didn't know were there. Yeah. For me, it's like in-depth kind of character stuff, which I found really useful.
0: So that was uh, Not Just a Companion, where the uh, yeah. roles are, are gender-flipped. That's and, right. Yes, yeah, so mm. uh, entirely. And that's been going... That's three years old now. Mm. Uh, we, we should really um, get our lovely guests on. Um, yes. What we're going to do is, in a moment, we're, we're going to shout out a name, and you're going to cheer. And you we only have to cheer once, because luckily for tonight... The name is shared by both actors. <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, can you please welcome to the stage, Julian? <laughs> okay. What's lovely about the way that you both, uh, both you gentlemen, came on stage is one of you is certainly more accustomed to public speaking than the other. Where because uh, a genuine, lovely, almost. Uh, Julian Caddy, hello. What well, I uh, enjoyed hello. with your wave uh, to our lovely audience, almost as if you were um, a member of the royal family about to get onto uh, the QET, 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 <laughs> QET, before like a Q-E-T. Um, before a, a, a world voyage. It feels like a world voyage <laughs> though, doesn't it? Really? This tonight? Yes. Yes. Anything can yeah. happen. We could sink very yes. soon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, well, I should say also that. Uh, uh, is it, there's a couple of people in our audience who will uh, we'll get to chat to later uh, because some of what we're going to be talking about tonight is uh, the Brighton Fringe and we have um, some Brighton, Perf- Brighton Fringe Brighton Fringe. Oh wow! Oh. Finge. This is why I need you guys. Go on.
1: Brighton Fringe performers. Yeah, that. Participants. Theatre makers.
0: Theatre makers. Extraordinaire. Who are
1: going to pitch their
0: shows? Who are going to be pitching their shows for, uh, later tonight? So we'll be chatting to them tonight. Um, I'm still I, I'm not still on the training wheels of remembering that I do have two co-hosts uh, that can also speak when I'm not speaking. Uh, but um, what we'll do is we'll um, get you guys to introduce yourselves and who you are. Julian's.
5: Well, uh, I'm Julian. <laughs> uh, I'm Julian McDowell. I don't share the name. We I've got the (laughs) J-U-L, he's got the I-A-N, so we have to go everywhere together. (laughs) I'm I'm Julian McDowell, this is Julian Caddy. (laughs) For those of you who can't see me, he's sitting to my left. Um, Yes, and I'm uh, I'm an actor and um, um, other things as well. It's me. Um, I'm Julian Caddy, the other Julian.
6: (laughs) Um, And I am the Managing Director of Brighton Fringe.
0: What does that involve? Does that mean you manage the whole shebang of Breton Um I manage the, the the shebang in the middle of the shebang.
1: <laughs> I'm glad
6: we've that cleared up. Is it's that serious. like the
1: inner shebang?
6: It's the shebang <laughs> within a <the> shebang. <laughs> But I mean, it... I'm
1: lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly> <laughs> really We're not on the boat anymore.
0: We're in space. No, no. <laughs> the inner shebang sounds like a, 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 like a religious cult. It's like
1: Ooh. shebang, shebang. Oh, oh wow. Yes. Oh, this... yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: We're going to early 2000s It's pop. a
1: classic song. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, you're young enough to call that a classic song. <laughs> I'm going, wasn't that last week? Um, so, uh, Julia McDowell, uh, yes. you said your, your other things as well. Uh, we'll get into, we'll speak about the acting in a moment. Um, but one of the things that you are, well, this is an uh, acting-related, and it's, and it's fringe-related. Uh, we've got something to do with trains coming up.
5: Yes, in the fringe this year, I'm, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be playing Magnus Volk, who was the, uh, the gentleman who invented the, uh, the Volk's railway, which opened I believe, this weekend again, in pouring rain. Uh, Yes, so um, among other things, he he put electric light into his own house and electric light, I believe, into the Royal Pavilion as well. He was quite an inventor uh, and a local uh, historian inventor. And so I'm fortunate to be playing that in the last week of the Fringe in the new uh, station bit, which is at the Aquarium end. Yeah. So looking forward to that. So it's, it's kind of a, like a site-specific sort of... Um... It's site-specific, yeah. It five performances a day. So it's, it's a sort of um, half-hour monologue from Magnus Falk addressing the general public and the directors of his board about, um, about the railway itself and how wonderful it is for Brighton. Yeah.
0: One of the other things uh, that you uh, do, which I have some sort of personal sort of, uh, involvement with that I already know, you not a tax man, are you? No, 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 no. <laughs> Again, we can edit any line that you want. <laughs> um, you um,
5: are involved with a local theatre company. Yes, I run a theatre company in, in Southwick, West Sussex, uh, West Worthing as we call it, or West Brighton as you call it. Um, <laughs> And Andrew has had a very long association with me in the past before, uh, back to about 2008, two thousand eight. when we worked in theatre together. Um, so I run a theatre school at, uh, it's the Pauline Quirk Academy, it's, no point in hiding the name. Um, she'll <laughs> thank me for that, please. Uh, I've been there for eight years. It's, um, we, we do classes in musical theatre, comedy and drama, which of course Andrew is very heavily involved in, and film and television. Uh, for, for children from the ages of 4 up to 80. yes. And I guess that's, that's a couple of things
0: to pick up on there, in that when some people don't know about that, there are obviously <laughs> lots of youth theatres up and down the country, and when people are sort of uh, not aware of it, in fact a good number of our uh, panel tonight are involved in youth theatre in some way or another, yeah. um, and when people who may not know how this works, when they hear the name Pauline Quirk, and they have to take a bit of a double step and go, oh. As in the woman who's in Birds and Feather. Mm. And they're not necessarily, they don't
5: necessarily put those two things together. Mm. Well, Pauline's very actively involved in, in the, in the theatre, uh, in, in, the, um, in the performing arts theatre. It's not just a name. Um, I was very fortunate, I met her about 10 years ago when I was thinking about doing, um, doing a theatre school. I looked very hard at all the theatre schools around Stagecoach and Helena Grady. I came across uh, the Pauline Quay Academy, because I believe very much in the ethos that Pauline had at the time, which is that children should have an opportunity um, to perform uh, and enjoy all the, the things that performing arts can bring. It's not just a matter of whether you're good at something, it's whether or not you'd like to do it. So it's the child that doesn't necessarily always put their hand up in class gets an opportunity to perform. Yeah. And that's what I was attracted to, and that's what we tried to keep through the eight years that I've been in Southwick, and I think it works quite well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's why I got involved in it, and that's I think really the students we have there, and that's that's the sort of thing they want to be involved with, and that's why we have a very successful theatre. And that's uh, that's
0: every Saturday morning.
5: Yeah, every Saturday Southwick. morning, ten o'clock to one at Southwick at the Southwick Centre, which is a a wonderful community centre. Little tale to that as well. It is a community centre that's very well used by the community, but it also has unusually um, access throughout the entire centre, which there are twelve community rooms and a theatre. A lovely theatre, the Barn Theatre, which is a 162-seater theatre that has total access to anybody who has mobility problems. Somebody was far-sighted enough five, six years ago to say, "Well, we've got some money here to spend." About I think it was 12, 15,000 pounds, and they decided to put ramps in and toilet facilities for disabled people everywhere in the centre. Yeah. About well, 2009, when I was looking in once again in in the Brighton Festival for a venue that could um, could cope with a, a theatre production we were doing that was using um, disabled and able-bodied actors at the same time in performances together. I couldn't find a single venue in Brighton that was able to offer um, that to actors who were disabled. There were plenty of theatres that could offer facilities for audiences who wanted to come in and watch. Normally they are parked at the back um, in a row that can be taken out, which, yeah. is, which is the best place to be, but certainly for actors there, was, it, there just wasn't the space available. And we ended up at the Brighton Centre who very kindly built a stage in the auditorium. If I'd known about Southwick Centre, I could have used the theatre there because they actually have a lift that takes you up to the stage and a dressing room at the back and and toilet facilities at the back for able-bodied and disabled actors, which is hugely important. And one um, one of my ideas that I've had since I opened the theatre has always been that we should have a performing arts theatre for children in the same age group probably about looking at 12 up to 16 or 17, who can go to a performing arts theatre who are, you know, less able-bodied, yeah. um, and that they can go there and comfortably perform. Um, and the Southwick Centre is one of those places. So watch this space, because eventually, we will get that off the ground if it's something I'm trying very really hard to do now. So Julian Caddy, uh, uh, in your post
0: as being the shebang of the Brighton Fringe. Uh, you, Managing director of the shebang. Managing director of the shebang. <laughs> <laughs> you should have cards. Um, Both shebang within the shebang. Shebang within the shebang. Um, <laughs> you obviously see quite a few different venues in your time. Uh, I'm not going to uh, be so uncouth as to sort of say, "Oh, what's your favourite venue, or, or what venue do you like?" But what makes a good venue for you? Wow,
6: um, I think it's the people that run it. Yeah. Uh, I think that the spirit that individuals bring to um, a space are, are, are really what makes what makes the space um, you can it's like moving into a going into a new house you know you, you can see a naked space and have no idea what to do with it it 's it's, it's what people make of that space um, that make that make the, the atmosphere and, and I think that um, venues live and die by that um, and I think that what makes a successful venue successful is the is the passion that, that people bring to it and and i think that within within the fringe environment especially um, you see that in spades i think what julian just said about about southwick centre and uh, and and someone with the the idea behind you know creating an accessible space for actors um, turns that space into something completely different yeah. and that's 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 somebody's Somebody's idea, someone's passion, to make that happen, and I think that's really important. So it's
0: arguably um, that even the the persona and the uh, personalities behind the staff there even more, particularly than the shows that are being put on.
6: Well, yeah, and, and I think I think it's the um, the passion of the people who who are within a venue who will inspire artists to come and, and want to perform with them. You, you, you'll have very much. Uh, a venue, sweet venues, is, yeah. is one case in point. There, there's a, there is a spirit within sweet venues that people. I look at the program and I see I see performers coming back at, year after year, yeah. um, audiences coming back year after year, and so it, it creates um, that there, there, there's a following on both sides from the from the artists and from the audiences as well, and that's that's what makes it special, I think, and, and that's what makes the fringe really really interesting because each different venue has its own character. Um, it isn't something which is just knocked out of a, you know, a mould. Um, it's it's not it's not formulaic. Um, it's it's a bit dangerous, a bit edgy, and uh, and I think that's what I like about it. Yeah.
0: Um, Chelsea and Yvette, um, I'm still sort of <laughs> Hector. <hosting. in> <laughs> um, uh, I should ask you really what make uh, because you're both producers and uh, directors and actors yourselves. what makes uh, on the other side of the coin uh, what makes a good venue for you guys
1: Um, I think when you very first start and it's like your first year or two it feels really intimidating to look at venues and a lot of them maybe don't feel so welcoming it feels very much business or they don't want to work with you because you're newer but then when you find places like sweet it just is like so refreshing because it, it feels like you're a little bit more taken care of and they're not just wanting to take a really crazy high rental fee um, and don't really give a damn about the artist. So, um, yeah, is that fair? Can be intimidating finding places? Yeah, I think so.
4: If you say Um, anything
6: else, you're not coming back.
4: (laughs) 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 I think so. I've I've been with the Warren for quite a few years. Um, I originally was there with student productions with Northbrook, so I got to know the staff there. love the atmosphere there mm. I love music festivals and I love anything that yeah. kind of feels like a festival and Brighton Fringe May is my favourite month of the year with you know New Road and all the stuff that mm. goes on there it feels like the whole city comes to life for a month and I live near the Warrens so for me I just pop down there I talk <coughs> to other artists mm. I network um, all the stuff really friendly you get you know discounts behind the bar you mm. get tickets to shows and I know Sweet does deals yeah. as well you know so it just for me like I just love that kind yeah. of feeling of being in something that's not usually in Brighton that's set up for the Fringe like that really venue. feels yeah. like a festival, you know. Yeah.
1: And I think both the Warren and Sweet have that vibe. They always feel yeah. like they're like the kind of uh, like destination places that you know you could go by there like kind of any time of day and you could find something that you want to see and that's what's so nice about both of them having so many different spaces and yeah. having that like more welcoming thing going on. I
4: think it's exciting as well though that because we're talking about kind of established venues but yeah. also mm-hmm. um last year I applied to do my show in somebody's lounge, yeah. you know, and I didn't <laughs> end up going down that route but the fact that there's, you know, a bus, a Brighton & Hove bus that you can rent to do a show mm-hmm. on and it's kind of those really quirky you know, weird things that don't don't happen the rest of the year that suddenly are alive, or cafes that don't normally have theatre. Suddenly, have registered as a venue and they've got some really cool site-specific stuff going on. Yeah. So it's kind of
1: exploring other places mm. that you haven't seen as well. And that, I me, always like the idea it. of like, I always want to mix the open houses, like when you go see people's like they put up their artwork and theatre. And every year I'm like, oh, mm. what kind of doing the show in the flat? And I'm like, because that's insane and it's flat. But like, <laughs> that's like that I, kind of idea of both could totally be fun I, as well. I've
0: been meaning to do that for years. Open house. I'm like,
1: I, you're an idiot while well, yeah. you're all strangers <laughs> in the house. And, um, there's
0: a couple of lovely that's also that um, I keep thinking you know, I want to do rear window and have it on like um, Ooh, two yeah. thing, uh, flats facing one another the that would um, be cool. But you know, the, the budget for that actually, um, let's talk about budget actually, uh, I've got a bigger question, <laughs> <laughs> hello Julian. <laughs> <laughs> like, Julian, which Julian? Always <laughs> Kelly, oh, oh, um, I will um, speak to you at the moment about um, funding for the fringe itself, <laughs> um, but for people who um have got this fantastic idea uh, and don't quite know how to apply for funding and also hearing stories that the way that one applies for funding changes almost weekly anyway um, maybe that you know this isn't your wheelhouse but in your experience or anecdotal experience w- how can people get a better groove on applying for funding um, funding is uh
6: is is a is a is a riddle um, that you never quite solve. Um, I think it's. I I think just to re recall a little bit about approaching the arts um, and how to do well within it. You need to treat it like a business. Um, you can be passionate about um, what you do, and this is going back to the venues and so on as well, and, and it's but you need to have uh, some long-term planning. No business person who's going to be successful will just walk into saying, right, I'm going to make a product. I've got no idea how I'm going to sell it, um, but I really love this cup. Um, it's amazing, you can drink out of it. It's, look at this wonderful color. Um, hey, I'm sold. Yeah, uh, and uh, But uh, you, you need to think about where you're going to sell it, how you're going to sell it, and, and how you're going to raise money for it. Um, and artists are, so um or artists who are people too um (laughs) (laughs) uh, are you you can get really lost in 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 the creativity the
0: romance
6: of 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 it and then find yourself with this great cup um and you'll drink it yourself (laughs) drink from it yourself and uh you you might offer uh, people the chance to drink it but it it, drink from it it it, but it, it doesn't go much further so funding needs to be right at the heart of what you do and how you do it how are you going to sustain what you do so the funding uh, traditional approach to funding um, with the arts council is uh, is is one that you need to attempt Um, and it's something that you need to get used to and be expect not to get um, certainly in the first instance but you need to talk to as many people as possible um, don't feel isolated in the arts world. It's easy to feel that way.
0: So for people who are uh, quite young, and I use that term loosely, either they're 70 and doing their first show mm-hmm. or they're genuinely uh, young, um, even that term can seem somewhat uh, terrifying. Talk to as many people as possible and don't feel isolated. Because certainly for many of us, the first question, I've come, what what people, who, who are the people? Do you just mean generically, just keep the conversations going? Or... Um, should we be seeking particular people we should be talking to?
6: Well, um, you know, Facebook. Yeah. You can just say, Facebook group friends, uh, uh, I'm looking to develop my, 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 start my theatre production company. Yeah. Um, any advice? Yeah. Um, people will know people who know people who know people, and, and that's a really useful. Way to start, and I think it's the it's the it's the modern way. I'm looking at you, in the yes, uh, it, it is, is. <laughs> modern. Uh, 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 again, um, again,
0: people uh, can't can't see them. Ask uh, if we're just listening to the podcast, but they're the implied suggestion that Chelsea looks significantly younger than Yvette.
2: No, it's because Yvette's you referred to her in that in that time <laughs> well, earlier
6: yeah. in, in terms of her, her saying that uh, the early 2000s was. Uh, I was like- it was well, a long time be ago. i not audience thinking that you're on your 40s. Or <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, other,
5: the other Julian's only
1: 23. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, damn it, in that case, I'm 19.
4: <laughs> I was going to ask Julian, you have this, Julian. Yes, <laughs>
5: down here, Julian Down,
0: yes.
4: You've toured shows, haven't you, to Brighton Fringe and to Edinburgh
5: Fringe? Yes.
4: So, um, how did you fund your, your Sharp to Edinburgh? And well,
5: I wasn't directly involved in the funding of it. It was through a group called White Room Theatre that are quite well-known in the Brighton Fringe, or had been for quite a few years, and certainly well-known in the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, funding for that was, was, came from private sources. Um, and it's only after, I should imagine now, it must be 10, 12 years of doing both of those, not, not in the Brighton Fringe this year again, but certainly the Edinburgh Fringe. It's still privately funded to a certain degree, but now, of course, it has audiences. It regularly now sells out in Edinburgh every year, every show for the whole month. So those funds are coming, are coming back. Um, but, yes, it was privately funded originally. Although with the show we did for um, <clears throat> the actors who were able-bodied and disabled actors working together, that we, we applied for um, a grant for that um, with, without success, unfortunately. But, yes, as Julian was saying... We went through many different avenues to that. We approached quite a few people to see whether or not they would be able to fund that or help with that. And we ended up with, with a collective of people getting together to help fund that privately once mm. again. But I think it was through Facebook, as, as Julian mentioned, we, there were a group of friends that were quite actively involved in the theatre then who, uh, uh, yeah, who helped with that one.
4: So you're proof it works then yeah, to
6: Facebook Yeah, well, it does,
0: yeah. <laughs> there you go. The Fringe itself is, up, uh, is looking for funding this year.
6: Yes, um, we are. Um, we were very fortunate, and you find yourself feeling very, very fortunate to have had it when it's gone. <laughs> um, we had a headline sponsor for seven years uh, with Citroën cars, and uh, much as that feels um, like it doesn't fit with a Fringe Festival, it really did, from a funding perspective certainly, but in terms of the partnership, they were, they were really creative, really interested in, in helping us um, in, in unusual ways. Um, and of course, that meant also that we could also have cars to drive around and a van and, and the box office unit and things like that, which was which was all great. Um, they make business decisions and they often make them very late. Um, and we found out in the second week of February that they weren't coming back, and that was a very difficult um, thing to take because, you know, after seven years, you think. Well, be something Um, and uh, this time there was nothing nothing literally nothing Um, and so we've had to make lots of quite hard cuts um, and we've been well we need to work out what to do to sustain the organization Um, but now just to be just to be quite clear this year's festival is fine Uh, 2018 Brighton Fringe is going ahead ticket sales are doing very very well Uh, venues are, are are selling tickets and shows are going on. We are still doing all of the things that we did, and we're planning to do. Um, it's just twenty nineteen uh, is, is is difficult to see right now. Yeah. And so what we've started, uh, amongst many other things, is a crowdfunding campaign uh, to raise twenty thousand pounds, which is a big ask um, to uh, amongst the, um, the 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 folks who attend Brighton Fringe. The people who might be listening to this podcast um, or attending this podcast uh, might not be the people who have tons of money. Although Peter Williams might might (laughs) not be available. The Peter Williams uh, Fund, um, which we'll be talking about later. Um, uh, um, But you guys can fuel it. Um, So it's to think of ways that you think you could help raise money for... For Brighton Fringe, um, whether it might be to offer a, a couple of tickets to your show, um, if it's uh, you know a, a, a voice workshop with Julian, uh, <laughs> or, um, yes. or or something, we'll you know, whatever, whatever whatever it might whatever it might be, and it's uh, you know, and, it, and even if it's just you sharing it on Facebook or on, on Twitter, just getting the word out as much as possible um, to fund the Fringe, uh, it, it's. We're not expecting to have to fund the Fringe every year like this. This is just a one-off appeal. Yeah. Um, we are actively, and I mean actively, that's all I do right now, is uh, go to meetings to uh, talk to funders. Yeah. Um, and we're doing quite well for 2019, a little bit for 2018, but it's it's nowhere near where we need to be. Yeah. Um, so we've, we're, we're starting this, this crowdfunding campaign with lots of goodies, lots of interesting things, experiences, um, and uh, yeah, help. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because let's be clear the the fringe, the Brighton Fringe is uh let me get the numbers right, the second biggest in the UK. That's right. After uh, Edinburgh it's yeah, the second largest yeah. festival. And so it's 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 quite it's it's a big thing, uh to, it be, is a big thing. to suddenly be faltering for uh an infusion of cash that was previously there.
6: Yeah, and it's very ironic and uh and, and it, it does hurt an awful lot that you you have something which is really great um, and a lot of people come to and enjoy from, from all over the UK, we get uh, companies coming from all over the world mm. to come to Brighton Fringe um, and a really strong local following, um, more so than Edinburgh I think, um, of local, local productions, local people really taking it into their hearts and, 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 and being really proud of it. Um, and that uh, feels just, uh, it, it, there's a disconnect and you think, oh. But we're struggling. That doesn't make sense. Why does that happen? Um, and it, it it's it's kind of resonates with with artists as well. That you, you talk about um, these this large these largest arts festivals the Edinburgh Festival at Edinburgh Fringe, Brighton Fringe. Um, the, uh, the 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 restaurants make lots of money. Um, the hotels make lots of money. Mm. The shops make lots of money. The taxis make lots of money. Um, there seems to be everybody making lots of money out of the fringe, except the artists,
2: mm.
6: uh, and that's that's a, a weird feeling. Um, you talk about how did you fund going up to Edinburgh for for, for a company which mm. sells out? Yeah, mm. that doesn't make sense. Mm. It doesn't make sense, and it makes you feel a little bit annoyed mm. um, that you're in this in this industry that seems so strangely um, disconnected with with how it should be. Yes. Um, and I and I think that you know, if there's one thing I've been passionate about in my, my career is trying to make this balance um, make sense. Yeah. Um, so to find myself in this position is like, for sake, yeah. you know, this is, this is really, uh, you know, I've been doing this for far too long um, for, for us to be in this situation. With, without having too much funding for ourselves, we already raised 25,000 pounds in funding support to help artists take part in Brighton Fringe. Mm. Um, so in a, in a sense uh, this, that twenty thousand pounds in uh, in um, in crowdfunding uh, is there because we've given it to the artists, yes. mm-hmm. um, which I think is right. Um, and you know uh, if uh, if we hadn't if we'd known we hadn't had Citroen uh, six months ago, I suppose we would have had time to look for another another headline sponsor. Yes. But it, it it couldn't have been at the at the um, uh, sacrificing that sure. contribution, otherwise the fringe it really isn't as 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 as, as good at um, following through with with the principle which I hold dear to, which is making sure the artists feel supported. Yeah,
0: I, I guess it's one of the biggest um, elements of uh, fringe theatre, but also largely fri- uh, f- theatre itself, in that nobody particularly wants to pay ninety pound per, per ticket. However, mm. if you're looking into Paying fairly and remunerating uh, fairly the lighting technician, the costume designer, the writer, the director, etc. It almost becomes terrifyingly difficult to see how it could be any less than ninety pounds a ticket. It.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's scary um, when you look at costing for things. Even when you work, when you're very used to working with no budget, like I think it can be. It's like ah, everything costs money, obviously. Um, and I think how despite that like there's still such a nice camaraderie during the fringe and like when you meet people before that as well that do have no money but they're all working together to make it happen for each other because they believe in their art and I think that's one of the most lovely and magical things.
0: Julian, oh, Cheesy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not <laughs> wrong with
0: that cheesy. Hey, I Do, you uh, have been, as we said, touring shows uh, mm. names that we actually know of the, uh, the, for the live radio version of Round the Horn with uh, Winterberry things, and how was it? That was like a, a four-piece or a five-piece
5: company. Uh, five-piece company, uh, yes, and we toured for three years together, uh, across the UK yeah. with, with that. Uh, um, yeah, uh, touring is interesting, uh, is the way I can describe it.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so,
5: what, you never want to hear the word interesting about, oh. you know, performance, food. That depends. I mean I'm, I'm at an age now, you see, at 23, when <laughs> uh, when I tend not to look at the, um, the, the sort of places that other people would look at in terms of board and lodging, <laughs> when I'm in a theater town. Um, although I did stay in some really interesting places, I have to say. Interesting there's that word again. Um, <laughs> touring is, uh, is exhausting. I mean, the last tour uh, was last year when we did the very last, and we, we crossed the country backwards and forwards, and in February we visited 22 theatres. Um, backwards and forwards across the country, and it is exhausting. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you do a show and then you're in the car and you're driving off halfway across the country to somewhere else, but that's part of the excitement as well. Um, I have to say we visited some... Some amazing theatres, and when you're looking at theatre venues as well, the passion that some of these people put into restoring theatres that have, have been closed. Um Berist and Edmonds uh, was a, a case in hand which um, right up at the brewery. And the theatre closed in the 1960s um, and was fully restored by a bunch of people who just wanted the theatre back. Um, and where they'd stored beer and from the brewery in the... In the downstairs spaces now the green room and the changing rooms and they literally it's a labor of love these are volunteers who spent three or four years restoring an absolutely fantastic theatre and that's all you know when you're when you're going there as a performer you're part of that as well you Mm -hmm. just you just you know take all that in it's lovely to be a part of that Mm -hmm. wonderful feeling that you just want to perform you want to put on performance you want to do theatre Mm -hmm. Uh, so that that makes up sometimes for the rather strange places you end up staying Um, in fact uh, in Salisbury, which had been in the news recently for other things, obviously, but we, uh, we were five days in Salisbury and uh, Colin Ilmer, who some people may know from this podcast, who played Kenneth Williams, extraordinary Kenneth Williams, um, stayed in Theatre digs, uh, and there is a site you can go to called Theatre Digs, where you can look for uh, reasonably priced accommodation in the area in which you are performing. <laughs> um, and he stayed in some theatre digs in Salisbury. Um, be greeted by the landlady at the door and said, well, welcome, Uh, looking forward to, what are you doing? And Colin said, oh, we're doing a show called Round the Horn at the Salisbury Theatre. And she said, oh, Round the Horn. Kenneth Williams was in that. And and Colin, not um, straight away, said, oh, yes, yes, of course, yes. Well, of course, I play Kenneth Williams, of course, you know. Uh, And she said, well, Kenneth stayed here uh, and played at the Salisbury Theatre about 25 years ago. And he's, he was actually staying in his bedroom. Oh, oh, so cool. weird. And you think, well, he probably made that up. But uh, she had a guest book, uh, which Kenneth Williams had signed
7: wow.
5: uh, during the time he stayed there. So um, there are some magical moments as well.
0: Mm. What's he, lovely about that is, if you cross-reference that with Kenneth Williams' diaries, which are quite involved, uh, he speaks about He speaks state. about that, yeah. um, that very mm. same place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
5: you know that there's, there's, that's absolutely true. Um, so, yes, it was quite quite incredible. Yeah.
4: That's a, a really magical memory that you have from touring. Do you have any uh, horror story that stands out from your touring?
5: Horror story? Yeah. Um, <coughs> or,
4: or interesting, in the way that you used the word earlier? Well, I don't
5: know. Um, yes, I just... Uh, just There's another story about Colin, actually. <laughs> hope you forgive me for this. We, we stayed at a, another... Um, place in another theatre, I won't name the place because it was, um, it's, it's a lovely theatre um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's nothing to do with the theatre. Once again, staying in theatre digs, I, I, I stayed in theatre digs as well, so in a very nice place locally. Colin stayed at a different place um, and the lady that was running the theatre digs was actually one of the ladies that worked in the box office at the theatre. Uh, we arrived quite late and uh, Colin was instructed to pick up the, t- uh, the, the key for his, his room, his, his flat from the lady in the box office following the performance. Uh, didn't get a chance to see for of So there was an envelope waiting for him in the box office. He picked it up anyway, and, and I drove him down to where he was staying, um, and said, well, I'll see you in the morning. Following morning, um, we had breakfast together. I said, well, how was last night? He said, oh, yes. <laughs> well, it's quite interesting. See, that word again. <laughs> and uh, he said, I, I opened the front door with the only key he had to find that most of the floor inside, from the other side of the door, was missing. Uh, (laughs) And was just planks of wood everywhere. And then walked through to the kitchen, which had obviously been ripped out fairly recently. Uh, And then he had had a little map, which was very kindly to him into the envelope, (laughs) to show him where his bedroom was. So he went upstairs, went into the bedroom, and there was a a cat, a very big white cat, (laughs) sitting on the bed. He's not unreasonably he said you know, to the cat would you mind leaving <laughs> I need to go to bed so he got the cat out and shut the door and uh, he said about an hour later he was woken up by the sound of purring at the, uh, the foot of his bed and he-, <laughs> <laughs> he reached for his phone because he didn't know where the light was Turn it on. and there's the cat sitting at the bottom of his bed again this huge white cat he thought, God, I, I must have just left the door ajar. I he didn't shut it properly. Strange house, you know. These, you know, these things happen. Anyway, so he, he got the cat and he pushed it out again and shut the door as hard as he could, thinking, Well, that's that's clicked, that's shut. About an hour later,
2: <laughs>
5: he was woken to the sound of purring at the bottom of his bed. Phone goes on again, and there's the, there's the cat <laughs> again, that staring cat. at him. <laughs> yes, and uh, this happened three times and he has no idea how the cat got into his room so and we still don't know came down in the morning <laughs> and um, the lady said i hope you had a good night she, she looked quite bedraggled apparently and colin said yes it was very nice thank you very much and um I, your cat's around somewhere slept most oh yes she does that she does that and he was tempted to say how did you get through you know into the door but was afraid to ask so there we were having breakfast following door, the following morning telling me how he spent the night with some strange pussy. <laughs> and, uh, and you can edit that. So,
0: uh, I had £8 on, on the land, I go, yeah, she died. I Eight know, years. I didn't want
1: to read the story, well, I was
0: like, ghost sort of strange places you stay. Yeah. Uh, so just one other question about uh, the <laughs> touring. Uh, do you have a rider? And if you don't, what, what would it be? Uh, if we don't understand a rider being, you know, the, the refreshments or whatever that you'd demand to have,
5: uh, on your arrival. <laughs> good God, now I don't have a rider. No, no, I would never demand anything like that, anything like that at all, apart from a small bottle of scotch, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I
7: would never, no. Heating,
5: heating is one heating, of the things I've been to, yes. And that?
4: Um, I would have. Only blue M and M's. Eat M and M's, but yep.
0: just no. Am um, that? Hey,
4: this is exciting. I never mean, thought about this before. <laughs> I think I could go real deep. Oh right? yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I would just want um, some, probably some alcohol <laughs> for, some, for some after drinks. Definitely after. Yeah. Definitely after. Yeah.
5: yeah. No, yeah. never before. No, oh, no, just, no. just after. Not, not since. Not since the last time.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not since the theatre location. No, no, not speaking his no, no, name. Yeah. Uh, and Chelsea? maybe some blankets. Yeah, blankets. Some cushions, just, some... just to make the
1: room cozy. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> maybe a cuddle. What <laughs> 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 I'm just waiting to be like some a tobacco. nice guy, just a guy, handsome
4: <laughs> <laughs> person sat in the armchair yeah. with the blanket and yeah. cushions
0: ready holding holding yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a glass a, of wine in an so appropriate, really appropriate mutually consensual <laughs> matter <map> <laughs> <laughs> and Respectful. if I like them I want the same one again for the next
1: visit okay. <laughs> is anyone writing this down?
0: okay no uh, no, yeah. no no that is no <laughs> that's just a boyfriend, a boyfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no because then uh, the top, oh, that, they, they just go I don't like you. Go away. Oh, that's true.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. If I had a boyfriend, he might have complaints about that too.
1: (laughs) 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 No. Fine. Um, What would I have? Uh, Heating, always. Mm -hmm. Um, Wine for after, obviously not before. Um, Probably like loads of spare makeup and glitter and makeup wipes. You've thought about this. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> and then, like, a, like obviously you'd need extra clothes, because what if you got upstage and you wanted to get changed, but didn't like the outfit you had on before, so then you'd have, like, different things to pick. That's just me, but that's fine. <laughs> I want that, too. Yeah, 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 okay. And a hairdresser. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, and a big fridge with lots of food.
0: Big fish with lots of
1: food. Yeah, my favourite
0: snacks? Pringles.
1: Pringles. Oh, and a dog. <laughs> and a dog. <laughs> so, if it goes... Hang, totally hang badly, on, hang
0: on. No, yeah, okay. On. Why do favourite <laughs> snacks make you go to... Oh, and a dog. <laughs>
1: because if you got upset, then there'd be a dog there. You'd be like, yeah, you have got
0: You've a You've got a hot boyfriend. A you know, fake boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> holding the dog oh okay you're really in midnight Athena poster territory video, aren't you I don't know what that is <laughs> you're too young um, oh. Julian Caddy if you had a ride, what would it be uh, any of these or? a white cat a white cat uh, do you know I know something <laughs> <laughs> there's bond villain in the making here when we come back we'll be speaking to participants of the Brighton Fringe talking to us about their shows <laughs>
3: Thank you for downloading this episode of the Cast Iron Theatre podcast. There's lots coming up at Cast Iron Theatre over the next couple of months. As ever, do keep an eye on the website, castironbrighton.weebly.com. On the 14th of April at the New Venture Theatre, we'll be putting on a night of short plays with a twist. Selected plays will be performed script in hand by actors who will never have seen the script before. And it's followed by a live recording of the Castine Theatre podcast featuring stars of their New Bench Theatre past and present. That's Castine Roulette and Carstein Theatre Podcast, which is part of the MVT's 70th anniversary festival. As part of that night, we're looking for two to eight minute plays that are inspired by Brighton at any point in the last 70 years. So email those in to cast underscore iron at outlook.com. We've got two plays on at this Brighton Fringe. Handily enough, both of them are on from the 21st to the 27th of May. The first one that's on at 6.15 at Sweet Duke Box is Year Without Summer. It's written and directed by Andrew Allen, and it's about Claire Claremont inviting Byron to Lake Geneva with her stepsister Mary Godwin. History might have forgotten Claire, but without her, Mary might never have conceived of her defining work. Frankenstein the second play on at 9:30 p.m. again at sweet duke box is one woman alien it's one hour one woman one cult movie and it features Heather Rose Andrews so we're always on the lookout for new writers directors and actors so pop along to our weekly improv classes to meet us or email us for more details And do consider joining the Cast Iron Foundry. For £36 a year, you can receive free tickets, exclusive event invites, and chances to attend writing, acting, or directing workshops. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Back to the show.
7: And now we're back. (laughs)
4: to pitch your show Uh,
7: as ready as i'll ever be it was very interesting what um julian was saying earlier about um the space yes you on the right (laughs) um about the space and the space making the show the, the the people at the space and it all being about the space and that making the show because our show is all about the space um but i can't really tell you where it is so i guess that's me done hey (laughs) Why not? Um, So we are doing a show, we're very new, we're a a really new company. Um, I have a space at my business and some people came to this space for an event and looked at it and went, this is to be a fringe space and it kind of escalated from there. That's where we're at, it's called Mr Frank's Cotton Club and it is an immersive theatre slash um, 1920s Prohibition-themed night. I have no experience in running a fringe venue before, um, but I do throw a really good party. So, um, be there? What are
4: the
0: dates? Do you
7: have, do you have cats? Um, well, cats can be arranged. Yeah, whole- absolutely. We have lots and lots of alcohol because it's, uh, although it's Prohibition, we are a speakeasy. So um, we're the place where you shouldn't be going during Prohibition. It's a secret location. We are working with the Warren um, where people are meeting and we are doing a big grand kind of entrance and getting people shipped to the secret location. There's no blindfolds or anything like that involved. It's all cool. Um, and then the night will begin. Um, lots of immersive theatre, live music, some dancing, lots of moonshine and um, lots of fun. It's every Saturday, so it's the 5th, the 12th, the 19th and the 26th. At what time? Uh, It's to meet at the Warren at quarter past seven, and you'll be dropped off back at the Warren at about half past 11, 12 o'clock, where you can continue partying in your (laughs) 1920s clobber. Um, We've got a bit of a reciprocal deal with the Warren as well, where they'll give you cheap drinks if you've been to our amazing show.
0: Cool. People would people would book online uh, beforehand, and then they'd go to the location at the Warren in the Watercutter Show. Yes, exactly.
7: That's it. And the show begins when you arrive at the location. There'll be stuff going on the bus as well. I, I can't really give too much away. It's probably the And you come in ever, fancy ever. dress. Come in twenties dress. Twenties dress. dress. Fancy dress. Fancy dress implies like does superheroes, it? doesn't it? <laughs> How much is it? It's twenty-five pounds a ticket. And so
1: um, what do we search
7: to find it? Mr. Frank's Cotton Club. Cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. Thank you. Uh,
1: thank, thank you. you. Cool. Cool.
4: Yeah. So now we have Chelsea and Rich, and they are now going to pitch their friend show.
6: Cool. So the show is called Blue Sky Thinking. It's going to be here at the Sweet Jukebox. It is on uh, the 21st to the 27th of May. It is the story of Penny. May. Um, it is a play, played by <laughs> Chelsea. Chelsea. Uh, it's the story of Penny, who is a girl who is a creative who uh, reaches a certain point in life, her early 30s and has to make a decision whether or not to continue with her creative life or get a proper job. Um, due to Bill's not being able to be paid, she has to get this proper job, and it's all about how she becomes seduced by the corporate machine. Yeah,
1: it's about office bullshit. It's dark. It's got silly bits. It's got sweet bits. Yeah. It is about corporate bullshit, if you yeah. like that kind of thing. Think
6: uh,
7: <laughs> think uh, W1A mixed with a mumblecore movie. Yes, very
1: mumblecore.
6: It is uh, £8.50, £7.50 for concessions. The uh, show is at
7: 8pm and the show again is called Blue Sky Thinking.
4: By Pop Heart Production.
0: Yeah. 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 So Yvette, you very kindly have been chatting to people in the audience about their Fringe show. You yourself have a Fringe show coming up.
4: I do indeed. Um, I am doing a one-woman solo show that happened at Brighton Fringe last year that is returning called 10 Steps to Happiness. And uh, last year, I was lucky enough to apply for and be successful in winning the Pebble Trust Award, and uh, I was also uh, I got a runner-up Audience Choice Award for Brighton Fringe, and
6: um, it's
4: bloody good, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I was nominated for Best Comedy by International Youth Arts Festival, and also the Pebble Trust Touring Bursary. So I have gone away. Uh, I've toured it a little bit. Um, I've added some new material and tweaked and perfected. And I was in the studio all day today working on it. So if you like funny and you like uh, trying to figure out how to be happy in our shitty world that we live in, <laughs> come along and go through the steps with me and have a good time.
0: Fantastic.
4: Thank oh, is that The Warren? The Warren, 21st, 22nd, 23rd of May, 9.45pm in the
0: Blockhouse. Fantastic, uh, yeah. I've been. We've been to see it twice, uh, and with such a busy lives, it's, it's quite rare to be able to see it a show well twice and enjoyed it uh, immensely both times. What was just said earlier is worth um, cutting on to because it's not often that the managing director of uh, a theatre arts festival can sort of. On on audio recording confirm your show as being bloody good. That, that that's um You have got that now. Like That's a poor quote good. right there. <laughs> so
4: good. I need it with his face on this yeah. it could be anybody. We could do a mock-up.
2: <laughs>
0: do, do, do you find that
1: um I'll get a mask? <laughs> that's
0: so <laughs> weird In all oh mock seriousness or almost seriousness. Do you find that sometimes if you're in a like a like for, an, for instance the fringe launch venue or uh, whatever that when you are spotted and recognized do you find that your your words have an unwieldy amount of weight that people sort of are, are hanging in your words or, or, or are you you know not um, <laughs>
6: am i afraid of it yeah or um depends how much i've been drinking <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. but, uh, i guess you get used to it yeah. which is a bit of an arrogant thing to say maybe
0: I, I I guess I I understand I, it could be interpreted as arrogant, but I I, I understand. Yeah, the... I
6: just yeah I I, I know I, I think experience tells you to be quiet when you need to, um, and I think it's yeah I I I but but at the same time, if I really like something, I'm I I think it's good to say I like it. Yeah. Um, in the end, who the hell am I? Um, I'm just someone who watches shows yeah. or puts on shows. just performed in shows, directed shows or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I give people feedback um, as well. Um, so I think it's important, it, it, whether they want to take that feedback or not. <laughs> it's, it's another yeah. thing entirely. But, it, but yeah, I, I do, I, I watch a lot of shows. I've been on juries and festival, whatever, uh, awards, uh, panels and things for for a long time. So I've seen a lot of things. So hopefully I can make use of Rather than be worried about what people say or, or what what I say to people, it, hopefully I can help um, make the world a smaller place. Yeah. Um, so things like, you know, getting nearly winning the Pebble Trust Award doesn't mean you can't tour abroad. Yeah. You just need to talk to us to see whether we can make it happen. Um, it's not. It, it, it. there are lots of big walls out there um, that people find it's difficult to climb, and if 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 I can say something that helps someone um, get a little bit further, then that just makes me. A little bit happier
0: yeah. about about my lot. Yeah. Uh, when you are on a uh, on a jury, uh, is it often that the juries are fairly agreed about what's going to happen, or is it just a, a case of like twelve angry fit practitioners? Uh,
7: it
6: de- it's dependent on the jury. Yeah. Um, I've been. Yeah, there the, the are several where it's been great to have um, everyone agreeing. Um, with me, <laughs> 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 as <laughs> it is in every situation, uh, but, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I I, I I was on the jury with uh, the National Arts Festival of South Africa uh, for five years, um, and uh, each year it opens your eyes to how much you don't know. Um, it's uh, you you think, oh yes, I'm open-minded, um, and whatever, and you, you go to a, go to a culture. Um, like South African culture, which is so multi-layered and um, so full of conflict um, that you find yourself learning an awful lot about yourself, other people, society and everything. Um, so you might say, oh yeah, I think this is great. And someone goes, well actually, what you don't know is uh, there's, there's a whole lot more to it than that. Um, and that, that's a, a big learning experience for, for me, uh, for, for go- going on these things. Um, and then you go to a festival like uh, Amsterdam Fringe, um, and uh, you'll think, oh, yes, that's really out there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a piece of performance. I go, yes, we've seen that was a really bad <laughs> uh, uh, accent. Um, uh, yes, we, 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 we see that all the time. Uh, that's really not very original at all. Um, and I go, well, Great. <laughs> then I know nothing at all.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, just uh, take the theme of City Voices, uh, Julian McDowell, Your next, <laughs> your next show. Yes. Talking of which. Talking uh, of which. Which um, is
5: somewhat known uh, already for City um, Voices. Well, yes, uh, it is known for City Voices. It's the Goon Show, and. Uh, <laughs> From the producers of the critically acclaimed, I must say, the <laughs> Round the Horn <laughs> the same theatre company, yes, we're, we're bringing the goons to the stage for the first time in its 65 years history, wow. um, which is something I'm very happy about because I've always been a great fan of the goons. My father worked for Forces Broadcasting many years ago and uh, one of the th- things that I remember him talking about was that whenever the goon show came on um, and was played, uh, everything stopped because everybody wanted to listen to it, it was a. It wasn't a groundbreaking show. It was. Uh, it was something quite extraordinary. It never happened before. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so we're bringing it to theatres. We've we've got twenty seven theatres booked for its tour, starting September. We open in Salisbury for a week. We're at the Theatre Royal in Brighton for those of you who are Brighton on October seventh. So. Tickets are already on sale, and we've already sold 120 tickets uh, on sale last week. So, um, book now, folks! Um, we did play the theatre role with, uh, with Round the Horn, we, uh, we had tremendous audiences, it was really lovely. It's lovely to play your hometown. Uh, we're going back to some of the favourite theatres we went to with Round the Horn as well. So yes, we're doing it in conjunction with Spike Milligan Productions. Um, so Norma Farns, who was Spike Milligan's and Eric Sykes' secretary for many, many years, uh, still looks after Spike Milligan's interests and Eric Sykes' interests as well and it's the first time she's ever given her blessing to use the original scripts that we'll be using from Spike Milligan's vaults. Um yeah and um, so uh, yeah it's with them we're putting it on um, what else can I say about it I'm, we're, we're still in the final stages of casting at the moment but I'm hoping I'm hoping to uh, be Peter Sellers in this ah uh, <coughs> Uh, but, um, and Colin, Colin Elmer may surface again at some point as well into um, perhaps Spike Milligan. <laughs> there will be some familiar faces, familiar voices I should say as well. Um, and we may have some special guests coming along. It will be three different episodes with two musical interludes. Um, and they will be from the original scripts. We won't have changed anything. The same as we did with uh, Round the Horn. So it will be as near as possible to be watching the original radio show being recorded. And Life. it's a good year for uh, this to happen,
0: the it's Spike's 100th birthday this year. Well, he
5: would have been 100 if he'd still been alive, yes, yes, um, yes, it's in centenary year, his birthday is April 16th, um, he was born in 1918, so, yeah, so that's one of the reasons we're doing it this year, is that we can celebrate that as well, because um, Spike was, was, was somebody too that I, I'm very f- familiar with, and I grew up with a lot of his poetry, He's still in New Zealand. He's the biggest-selling children's author, I believe, with Bad Jelly the Witch. Oh, Bad Jelly the Witch. Bad Jelly, yes, which has gone into print about fifteen times. Um, And uh, he's still very popular among the children as well. I mean, at the academy um, where um, Andrew works, we're we're running a competition for people to recite some of Spike's poetry, and he's still extremely (laughs) popular amongst the schools. Um, So, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, I'm delighted to be able to put it on. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, so please come along and see it at <laughs> Theatre Royal, if nowhere else. Um, yeah, hope well, that goes very well for you and um, good
0: luck. That's very that. kind. Of yeah. good, thank you very right, much indeed. So we're we, we we're lo- launching towards our final questions, our uh, sort of almost emergency questions that we tend to ask people um, throughout the um, the podcast that we do. Um, and uh, what I want to ask uh, Julian Caddy uh, when you're being you. Creative when you're, when you're uh, are thinking of how we, we can we can say the fringe and you've got your notepad with notes and, and queries and and delightful notes to yourself. Is there sort of a, a, a coffee shop or a, a place that you tend to hang out? We're not we're not encouraging that you know you should get um, stalkers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. particularly if they sort of uh, um, ask you where can I put my show on. But uh, is there anywhere in Brighton that you like to hang out? At? Hang out? Mm. Um, I haven't really hung out for an awfully long
6: time. Do the kids Um, not say this anymore? Am I I even very old? No, I... I, uh, I tend to go home. Yeah, yeah. Um, But recently... um, Don't give your address. Not again. No, no! Um, Yeah, I I, I talked about this earlier. But I didn't, because this has just come into my head for the first time. Um, There's a very... very, um, very nice uh, an unusual coffee place on St. James's Street called Twin Pines, um, which has got some really great coffee and some really good banana bread. Yeah. Um, and you can sit in near darkness, um, <laughs> uh, even on a very sunny day, yeah. um,
0: uh. drinking some really tasty coffee. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So that's the uh, Twin Pines yes. on St. James's Street. Only five minutes from this <laughs> theatre. <conference. laughs> Most uh, days, Julie, you are somewhat more than five minutes from Brighton because uh, you, you operate is yes. yes, in indeed. Worthing. Yes. Um, how how is how is that in terms of its theatre scene? Uh, it's like a sort of a neighbouring uh, place. Well, to well so it's
5: actually it's got a, it's got a great theatre. I mean, it's got three theatres. Yeah. I say, um, you know, one of course, the Connaught Theatre, which is one of the oldest repertory theatres. In, in the country, and I am doing rep this year as well, I sort of throw that one in <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing rep at the Leatherhead Theatre and in Swanage in August, because uh, this is the second year for repertory theatre in Swanage and the first year for Leatherhead, they're trying to bring rep back in order to try and get, revitalise some of these provincial theatres so I'll throw that one in as well, Waiting for God and playing Tom in Waiting for God, for those of you who remember the 90s, a very popular comedy show um, <laughs> I'll explain later I think <laughs> <we're>... <laughs> um, But their rep starts in May, but if you do get a chance to go and see the Repertory Theatre in the Leatherhead <laughs> it's a fantastic theatre it needs your support as all theatres do do go and see it it starts in May three different shows on there um, what was it as for, that's for, yeah. your,
0: <laughs> that's for where, where you are it most, most of your yeah. days like the Fresh
5: Prince of Bel-Air yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can find me in most coffee shops now trying to practice different voices. Of yes. I'm Blue Bottle in one, I'm Eccles in another. Yes, um, so, so I use St Paul's quite a lot. I find it's a really nice space. Yeah. Um, that's where I tend to go and have coffee, uh, if I go and have coffee. Uh, but yeah, uh, or there's the Pavilion Theatre. I mean, you know, there's the um, cafe next door to that, Dental Lounge, which yeah. has a lot of uh, small theatre things as well. It's great. But there's lots of emerging theatre. It was a very popular music venue back in the seventies and eighties and it's it's having a resurgence now. A lot of really people who can no longer afford to live in Brighton and now I'm moving to Worthing, uh, there's not some very talented people, and it's, it's making a big difference to the theatre scene. I'll, I'll see you anything
0: between 7 to 14 years. Yeah, <laughs> um, i, I might have moved to Little Hampton, by <laughs> the that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, we've kind of, um, on the podcast, we've kind of asked you guys this question before, um, which kind of behooves me to sort of ask, has your answer changed, even if you remember your answer from the last time.
4: I, don't, I can't remember what I said now. I probably said presuming Ed's yeah. because I love it there. Mm. Um, I was there the other day talking about 10 steps with somebody, um, had a little meeting. So yeah, presuming Ed's, they they also do great cakes. I had a caramel fudge oh. cake with like a bit of guello. Oh. Stuck on the, ocean. oh, I oh know, yeah, yeah, it was, huge. Um, it, was huge. <laughs> it was huge. Massive. Massive, yeah, I didn't finish it. it was
1: really <laughs> like it was literally big. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, and they do good coffee too. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, I like the kind of AstroTurf on the walls yeah. and dolls hanging from the ceiling, that sort of weird yeah. stuff. It's just like, <laughs> <the house>. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually have AstroTurf. Did it's you? And f- like fake flowers all over. My bathroom looks like a jungle. That's great. Or my
1: previous house with my previous. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway. In Chelsea? Um, I like the library because you can yeah. go there and then you don't have to talk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you should have thought about before I said it. Um, <laughs> and I do like small batches which is actually near the library. But they're great because they've obviously got ones in different parts of town, awesome. which is fun. Um, and I really like their coffee there. Thanks and great. they do gluten free cakes. So.
0: Ah. Wow. Uh, one last question I'm going to ask uh, all of you is uh, Is there another podcast at the moment, other than this one, obviously, or another TV show that you're downloading, or a book, or another stage play that you'd want to give a shout out to that you perhaps we may haven't heard of? Um,
5: no. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, there is one in development. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's another uh, Spike, again, Peter Sellers one. that's it's, it's being written at the moment by Liz Tate, who has got uh, a lot involved with the Brighton Fringe, um, and it's one I actually I performed in the Brighton Fringe in two thousand and nine called um, Black Dog Pink Panther. Uh, it's it's going to be a slightly extended version of that because once again to help um, celebrate the Spike's centenary. So yeah, that's very much in development at the moment. But watch this space again.
0: And Julian is, it, is it a book or a film that you've recently watched that you want to Oh,
6: uh, what am I? What, what I've watched recently? Uh, I'd never really watched anything on Netflix before. No. Um, and uh, the first thing that came up at the top was this. Was this? Um, it's like a box set, but it's not a box. There's no set involved. That you just press I don't, play. don't get too distracted by the eat. physical yeah. lack of box set. No, yeah, no, no, it's fine. Something <laughs> that happened in the nineties. I'm just doing this because it's being done. But I I watched. um, I started getting into something called Ozark. Okay.
1: Anyone
6: heard of it? Yeah, yeah, really good. God, yeah, really got excited by watching Ozark, um, and that was really good. Um, Books, um, mostly Winnie the Pooh at the moment. Mm -hmm.
1: Just you or anyone else? Just reading. Just you reading
6: them. Oh, well, I've got a, a small baby <laughs> who ah, um, was... <laughs> doesn't really know what I'm talking about. But uh, I quite enjoy um, doing all the voices. Yes. It's really good. You
5: should come and listen to the goons. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's
6: really good. Yeah, be, be, being I was Eeyore last night. Um, oh, and, and, and Piglet. Um, and, and, and oh, there and they're gauntlet down. Yeah, can we? What's oh, what can Eeyore sound you? like? Yes, yes. Oh,
0: no. That's pretty good.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, your piglets? Oh, hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> An owl? You're <laughs> <laughs> nice. all, all, all your characters appear to be in the state of perpetual surprise.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Well, I was, in, I was
6: in a state of surprise at having had to be those characters. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> and Chelsea,
0: is there anything that you want to give a shout out
1: to? Uh, I've been listening to Dawn O'Porter's podcast called Get It On, which is about... She interviews different people about what they wear, and it's a lot about vintage clothing, which I obviously don't like. (laughs) um, But I've been really enjoying that. Fantastic.
0: And Yvette?
4: Um, Okay, so I have to give a shout-out to comedian Bo Burnham. His special is on Netflix. He's got two. And whenever I talk to people about him, they ask me my favourite comedian. It's always him. And it seems like not many people know who he is, and I just think he's an absolute genius. So Bo Burnham's both his specials. And a TV series Black Mirror
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, and film Divines. Right. But it's French, so I don't know if that's how you say it. Divines. That's <laughs> oh, fine. But it's be French. Divines. Divines. Yeah, really. Divine.
5: Divine.
4: Yeah. It's really, really good. The acting, I love it. It's really, yeah.
0: really good. Excellent. So, uh, we should, as we are beginning to wind up uh, to this uh, final moment of the podcast, uh, we uh, should give a a final shout out to our lovely um, guests, Julian McDowell and Julian Carey. I, I still don't feel like I gave you the opportunity to sort of um, I, I, I'm probably not going to turn up for next month um, podcast a podcast we you could go. just
1: edit it so yeah. like we take out everything you say and it's just the stuff me and the <laughs> oh, <laughs> that me in the best not mean much there no I know
0: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense yeah. in some ways yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how was it for you um, tonight so far lovely had a great time it was it nice. great it was fun <laughs> <laughs> thank you all thank you and good night Woo! <laughs> This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast.
3: Presented by Andrew Allen. And edited
0: by Michelle Dog.
3: Music is Chatstick by Everett Armand.
0: Find us on Twitter, cast underscore iron acts On Facebook, Iron, all one word. Our website is castironbrighton.weebly.com.
3: Subscribe to us and rate us on SoundCloud and iTunes.
0: Thanks for listening.